Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. What is going on, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners? Josh Savo here, your host, and on today's episode, I am sitting down with Sarah Lockwood, the founder of College Outside. Sarah, thanks for taking the time to chat with me. Glad to be here. Awesome. So, for the listener, they may not be familiar with College Outside. What would be your two-minute elevator pitch to um, someone who has never encountered College Outside? Yeah, so College Outside is the primary connection between college outdoor programs and the outdoor industry. So at its very core, we run a retail site that's similar to a pro site where college outdoor education programs and groups can purchase equipment for themselves uh, from over 45 different outdoor brands. So um, the problem that we're trying to solve is uh, for these programs who need to buy equipment for themselves as leaders and also for their groups, for their rental units, um, they can use college outside to get between 30 and 50% off current season outdoor products for them to use. And um, it really helps them stretch their budgets. It really helps them get more students outside. And that's kind of the main focus. That's so interesting. So how, how did you come up with this, this idea? Yeah, so like most things, it came from personal experience. So I went to Tufts University in Boston for college, and one of the major focuses while I was there, besides, you know, studying, was being a part of the Tufts Mountain Club. And that was just a huge part of college for me. I learned to climb. I got really into backpacking there. I tried whitewater rafting for the first time. And it was just this really formative experience for me being part of the Tufts Mountain Club. And while I was there, I had the opportunity to go on trips and meet students from other universities, like at the Harvard Mountaineering Club and Northeastern um, Outing Club. And all of these students and leaders were running these programs and all had very similar interests and also very similar problems and issues that they were trying to work through, but they were pretty isolated in their own space. And so originally College Outside The idea came from, well, maybe we can be a resource for these different programs and help them, uh, you know, with the problems that they're having. And maybe that is transportation, gear and budget is a huge part of what all these programs are dealing with. And um, so we hosted our first college outside leadership like get together and it had uh, we had about leaders from about 15 different college outdoor programs around Boston meet and we just talked and like had pizza and what I realized is yeah like all of these programs really struggled with ordering equipment and you know if you can think about it from their perspective what every school has to go through or every outdoor program has to go through is if they want to get gear from say Black Diamond or Gregory they have to find a contact at Gregory call them convince them that they're like a legitimate college outdoor program right. and then ask like if they can get a discount and they have to deal with minimum orders to, you know, deal with wholesale pricing. And it's this kind of whole massive struggle that every program has to go through just to get equipment from one brand. And then they have to do that across many brands. And so for me, I was like, hmm, I think that there is an opportunity here. Um, it's something that, you know, I personally had struggled with. And so, the, that's kind of where the idea came from. That's, that's so interesting. So you're originally from Hawaii. You went to school in, in the Boston area. 
did you always know that you wanted to start a business or be your own boss, so to speak, from the beginning? Not really. You know, I mean, I think college outside for me was kind of, especially once I graduated from Tufts, it was something that I kind of did on the side that was fun. I had a full-time job when I graduated from college and, you know, was able to organize a couple of college outside events on the side. And it was something that was kind of fun, but wasn't really showing itself to be a very strong business opportunity. And so, yeah, at first it was just kind of a side project and then it kind of started to grow and I started to, you know, then I went from it being a side project to it being kind of part-time with me transitioning from full-time work with my real job to just like kind of part-time and consulting gigs. And it was something that kind of just slowly evolved until one day, a couple of years ago, I realized like, Hey, this could actually be a full-time, full-time gig for me. And and I kind of like the lifestyle. I like the fact that I, yeah, do get to work for myself. That is great. Um, I, but mainly I liked the challenge of, of wearing so many different hats and um, playing so many different roles. For me, that was incredibly exciting to be able to go to work every day. And it was very different every single day. I didn't just have one job and one focus. I had, you know, 10 jobs and 10 focuses. Right. So when you, when you started College Outside as, a, as more of a side project, in 2013 to what you have now, how, how has it really changed into that um, platform that is a legitimate business, like you said? Yeah, absolutely. So I think for me, when people like ask how, like, how did this happen and how did it become a business? I don't really have like a, a real strong answer for them, right? Like this is actually like, if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever like applied for a business plan competition or something, but they're asking you like, what's your secret sauce and why is your business successful. And for me, it didn't necessarily like have a secret sauce. For me, it was, I had an idea that I really believed in that I thought would fill a need and would actually solve a problem. And I kind of just started asking a lot of questions. You know, I went to like three or four outdoor retailer trade shows where I just went up to people's booths and tried to get a meeting with somebody and asked them, Hey, have you ever worked with college, you know, outing clubs before or college outdoor education programs? Do you want to? And the answer was overwhelmingly yes. And so I just kind of was able to focus on that and, um, and, and just kind of be really persistent in, in my work. So when you built this, I guess, I guess my question is, was it, was it harder for you to bring on brands to be a part of this um, e-commerce platform for outdoor uh, clubs and organizations in, in universities, or was it more difficult for you to get the university programs to work with you? That's a super good question. It's totally a chicken and egg scenario, and it's a little bit of both. And some days I totally freak and I focus completely on just brands, and then some days the focus is completely on schools, but it was a little bit of both. So when we launched the retail site two years ago, we had 20 schools that we worked with, and we launched with four brands. And one of the brands that we launched with and thank goodness for them was Petzl and they really believed in us and they were kind of the biggest brand that we were able to catch at the time. And 
so it's a little bit of a chicken and egg, like I said. So we had to kind of grow the student base, but we ha- by gr- but, but, but the sell to them was, hey, we have a lot of brands that you can buy from. And so we had to like go and then make sure we got more brands on board. But the brands wanted to only come on board if there was a lot of schools. So at first it was kind of this incremental push and pull back and forth. And then after about a year, we were able to reach a tipping point when school contacts kind of started coming to us. So it was less like cold calling and convincing people to be a part of something. And it was people coming to us and saying, Hey, like we heard our friends at this other school have access to college outside. We want access too." And so that's been really wonderful is having schools through word of mouth, through um, other partnerships that we have, have found college outside. And so this user base, this, the growth of the schools and the students has um, kind of tipped and had become a lot easier. And, and the same thing I would say for, the, for brands. So once we were able to start bringing on brands like Black Diamond and Gregory Mountain Products and Marmot and some larger brands in the outdoor industry, um, other brands were much more willing and interested in being a part of what we were doing because our system was tested and it worked and was something that other people were benefiting from. That's so funny. I can relate to exactly what you what you what you went through. Is I'm in a very similar position right now with our membership program, where it's like I'm always re, like I'll, I'll dedicate like what you said. I'll dedicate a day to just working on brands. Like this morning was exactly that for me. I probably was like in, interacted with like 20 different brands this morning, just being like, hey, so like you guys want to join the membership program? And then like going back and forth and like addressing all of their concerns. And then like, I'm like, tomorrow will probably be the opposite where I'll be working on the consumer aspect of it. Yeah. And honestly, like so much of it, to be honest, when you start, it's like fake it till you make it. Yeah, no, it is. It's it's like the, like, like it's, it's not like, you're not like lying per se. You're just like being really um, over optimistic about like how your company is going to do. And at first there's no way to really, people are like, you know, they ask you, well, like, you know, can you help us project what kind of sales are going to come in for this next season? And you're, you know, you just have to kind of be honest and be like, actually, I just don't know. Like, there's no way for me to know that we just started in a year or two. I'd be happy to help, you know, work out those projections with you, but there's no way I can know that right now. Um, and the same thing with the students, we did a lot of like, okay, we're just started. Like we could kind of pull the, like, we're a startup, like bear with us kind of mentality and, and just be like, and our plan, and this is what we're planning on bringing on. So just like give us six months. And we had a lot of schools who were just like awesome and supportive and stuck with us and, and are pretty psyched now, but yeah, absolutely. It's like fake it till you make it and just kind of like, and then one day you just are kind of there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. So when you work with the universities, are, do you work with like a specific individual at each school or do does everyone on the um, in the club or organization uh, gain access to the platform? Yeah, that's a super good question. And it's both. So essentially, if you are, let's say, the president of the Tufts Mountain Club, for example, you would apply to get access for the Tufts Mountain Club. And so what my team comes in and does is we we'll get on the phone with you. We make sure that your program actually is a legitimate, you know, college university approved outdoor program. And that's kind of one of the huge benefits that we bring to the brands is that they don't want to be doing that vetting. And cause it's pretty big pain in the butt, honestly, to like track students down and keep in touch with them, but that's what we do. And so once we approve a university, then they send us a roster of their 
student leaders and active participants in their program. And each of those individual participants and leaders gets an account created for them through College Outside. Each school then also gets one account that they can use for group orders. So for example, the Tufts Mountain Club would have one account that's for their group orders, for their, you know, purchasing for their rental unit or whatnot. And then all of the leaders and participants would have individual accounts for themselves to use. That's really interesting. Okay. So, uh, from like an, so you work, you work with 210, uh, programs currently, right? So it's about 190 to 200 universities. Yep. And so with each one, is there sort of an average size in the number of, um, I guess, uh, unique individuals that you have on the program? There's really, it's hard, I mean, we could average it, but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we work with 210 programs and there's 210 different models. We work with everything from new climbing clubs or, you know, outing clubs that are just getting started with 50, you know, participants to the Dartmouth, you know, outing club that is, you know, a few thousand students um, and, and or their entire university kind of participates in these programs. So it, we really run the gamut um, and we work both with clubs, which are student run extracurricular organizations, as well as um, fully formed outdoor education programs with, you know, full time paid administrators who help who help organize and, and manage those programs. Okay, so for a member, they just get a, a basically a login, and then anytime they're looking to purchase gear related to their clubs, they can go on and sort of peruse and and apply whatever discounts are available on there. Exactly, yeah, and they're getting the discounts that they would get if they went to the brand directly and ordered as a group. And okay. so we're kind of taking advantage of economies of scale here. And one of one of the issues that we're solving for the students is. Initially, say you had, you know, 10 leaders that all wanted to get, you know, a harness from Black Diamond, for example, they would have to get together and like, somebody would have to like collect the cash from everybody and then like place the order of 10 harnesses and then it gets like delivered to their dorm room and then like the 10 people have to come to their dorm room and collect the harnesses and it's an absolute nightmare and that's just to get like one piece of gear so one of the things that we're solving is each individual can now just buy for themselves what they want get it shipped where they want it's an e-commerce experience that is very familiar to them as if they were buying from you know backcountry for example online and uh, but but they get that same discount and part of that is because these students, especially the leaders of these clubs and programs, they're going out there and they're taking new students on trips every single weekend. So what's really huge for us is these, these outdoor programs and these clubs are a major channel where individuals get introduced to the outdoors. And so similar to how, you know, a climbing professional climbing guide gets pro deals because they have a lot of influence with new climbers, uh, it's the exact same argument for the leaders of these programs and for the same reason why they should be accessing these discounts as well. I can totally relate to that. I used to run um, the ski club at my university and trying to get a, like all, everyone together to place an order <laughs> or something was a nightmare. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. And, and they still kind of have to do that sometimes, especially if let's say they have a budget that they are able to spend for group gear, but that's kind of when they get to use their group account. And one of the reasons that we have to differentiate between the group account and the individual account, of course, is to prevent abuse, you know, so that an individual shouldn't be ordering one more than one thing. Um, you know, in their size. And so we're really 
really, we're really one of the more strict pro sites that exist out there in that we really highly regulate it that way. And in terms of quantities ordered and sizing and things, and also the programs have to send us a new roster every single semester. So the only people who have access to our site are current active leaders and active participants in these programs. Right, right, right. So it must be fun figuring out a way, the best way to monitor and, and enforce all of these, um, these aspects of it. Because obviously the last thing you want to do is, is lose a, a good brand. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's if if we do have a secret sauce, it's it's just our system and ability to manage all of these different programs and contacts and and as you you know, when you're working with a student group, there's such high turnover. Like you have students who are graduating every year and then there's new leaders and so a huge part of what our team does is keeping in touch with these groups, educating them on what we're doing and educating them on on the equipment and brands that they need to help their programs succeed. Did you, in any aspect or time period from 2013 to now, was it ever like an issue where keeping an up to date with these clubs and programs was, was an issue? Because in my mind, I could just see that being like a potential problem, especially in the beginning. Absolutely. That was something that at first I was trying to tackle myself while doing everything else. And that was nearly impossible. And at a certain point, it's like, you're like chasing down cats. It's impo- It's really hard. And you know, what you're doing is you're asking like the leader to, to introduce you to the you know new leader of the next year and people forgot all the time. And yeah, there was like the first year or two that was like the main struggle. And, but we learned a lot. And as we kind of grew as a company too, and as what we were offering was more valuable to the students, they were, were a little bit more willing to, to go out of their way to make sure that their program still had access to college outside. Like at first it wasn't good enough for them to pay attention, but you know, as we grew, they're like, Oh, we definitely don't want to lose access. We have to remember to, you know, do the, you know, send them a transition and, and give them our updated information. Right, right, right. So along this journey from when you started, did you, did you ever have any mentors that helped you get from the original idea to where you are now? Yeah, definitely. So the the main thing, as I kind of mentioned, was the first few years just figuring out, you know, I, I knew that there needed to be a connection between these college groups and the outdoor industry. I knew that there was a desire from the industry to work with these students, and I knew that the students needed some help with their programs. It seemed like a natural fit, and the question was just how exactly do you do that? Um, but I had a couple of mentors who are in in the outdoor industry who are pretty high up at a couple of companies and who had had a lot of experience, luckily, working in the university space. Uh, and so I was able to kind of work with them and pick their brains and say, okay, like, hey, what exactly would be useful here? And they were the ones who helped me figure out the ultimate design of the retail sites, some of those nitty gritty details of having different levels, having a group account, you know, making sure that abuse didn't happen. And they were able to help me, you know, come to me and say like, okay, here are the, here's the pushback you're going to get from the industry. Here are the concerns that people are going to have. We need to figure out solutions to those ahead of time. And I'm so grateful. Um, a couple of people like Brian Block, for example, from Petzl, he is incredibly helpful to me um, right out of the gate. And I'm very grateful for that. Definitely. Having great mentors is so, so important. Um, it, it prevents a lot of headaches. 
Oh, totally. And they're, and they're able to be cheerleaders for you and provide introductions and uh, introductions that I would never have gotten. And, um, and that was really, really huge. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So you guys have grown quite a bit. So you're, you've been full-time for a few years. You just brought on your second employee and your third one is going to be coming on shortly, right? In October, is that? Yeah. Yes. That's what we said offline. And then obviously you have a number of interns from the universities that you work with, which obviously makes sense because that's a huge aspect of your business. Um, What I wanted to ask is sort of what the what the dynamic is at College Outdoors, like how, what, what's an average day like for you and how do you promote a positive culture within the, you know, the, the one employee you have now and then the future ones that you're obviously growing and bringing on new ones? Yeah, so I think that's been one of the coolest things as, you know, I started to take myself more seriously as I started to take College Outside more seriously and realize that this could be a business that we could grow is suddenly you have this whole other layer of responsibility of how do you make sure other people's lives are good? And, you know, it's not for me, it's, you know, it's always for a while, it was just me. And that was easy to kind of regulate if I was happy or not. And I could figure that out. But how do you, how do you help other people have good lives? And I think that that's one of the coolest parts about being able to start a business is having a positive impact on other people. Um, Both employees, um, our second and third employees are moving from the East Coast to our office in Carpinteria, California. So that's pretty wild. It's like we have a pretty big impact on what they're doing in their lives and and that change. But we part of it was the location. I'm psyched on being here in California. I think it's a really great spot for all sorts of outdoor activities. We also have neighbors, really amazing neighbors like Patagonia and Toad & Co. So great companies who have been able to build really strong company cultures here. And I I look to them very heavily for advice and, and, and a model in terms of what our lives should be like. So we have a pretty laid back company culture right now. Um, We have a pretty small office, but so we all work in, you know, one main space. Um, We've got a big main table that we work at and there's a couple of standing desks and on any given day, someone can be late because they're surfing or they went climbing or they're leaving early to go to a yoga class. And um, for me, that's really important to have that work-life balance and to kind of practice what we preach and, and to really get out there and, and be outside. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of a huge advantage is, you know, there's no real like dress code. If somebody ran, run to work, they might just, you know, still be in their running, running clothes. And that's really fun. Oh, I couldn't agree more. That's, uh, it's always a fun aspect hearing the, how companies try and organize or organize themselves and, um, it's definitely an important aspect for, for just overall happiness, <laughs> um, for yourself and obviously for your, for your team. Um, I wanted to ask, I saw that on, on your site, you guys are partnered with 1% for the planet. And I wanted to ask, uh, what is your overall commitment to sustainability and promoting that within obviously what you're doing with, uh, college outside? Gosh, yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot because, you know, here I consider myself like, I would say I'm like pretty crunchy, you know, granola in terms of being environmentally friendly and buying everything secondhand and having, you know, buying local and things like that. And then here I am running a company where we're selling new things, right? So there's like a there's a little bit of a struggle there for me. And so when we started our company, I think we incorporated College Outside in September of 2013 and uh, made sure that we are a 1% for the planet member maybe within a month or two. So that was like kind of 
for me, it was in line. If we're going to have a company, we need to, at the very beginning, lay the foundation for giving back to um, to companies who are supporting the environment. Like if we can't do that directly right now as a company, at least we can um, use our business for good, as they say, right? Be with a with a capital B. So that was right, right out of the gate. So we are a Conservation Alliance member as well um, as a One Person for the Planet member. So supporting uh, these organizations who are fighting for our public lands and supporting um, nonprofits who are protecting our natural spaces, super important to us. Um, our team goes and volunteers multiple times a year uh, to, um, you know, whether it's a backyard collective event or just in the local area. And anytime one of our employees wants to go and do something in, you know, and volunteer for something, that's a no brainer. They can absolutely go and do that during work time. Um, that being said, we also make an effort to work with companies in the outdoor industry who are making an effort as well. So, for example, one of the companies we work with is Edelrid, the rope manufacturer, and they are leading the way in terms of sustainable rope manufacturing. They are blue sign approved, and they were kind of one of the, which is becoming like a very popular thing now, which is great. And they are one of the first ones to really get that started. Um, other companies like Toad & Co, obviously they're just really focused on um, eco-friendly materials in, in their manufacturing. And uh, we're trying to make sure that we can educate our students on these brands who are focused on environmentally friendly measures as well, and making sure that we are also helping to create conscious consumers. And if that's kind of what we're able to give back, I guess that's a good start and we can go from there. What would you say have been some of the hardest parts about starting and building college outside? I think that one of the hardest parts was just sticking with it. And I think whenever, you know, people say like, wow, you run your own company, like that must be amazing. And it is, um, but it took a long time to get there. It took a long time to have that confidence in myself and the idea. And as I'm sure, you know, you go through, you have a lot of rejection um, every day, you know, for, for a very long time. Um, (laughs) And so it's, I think that's the hard part is, and you know, at the risk of sounding cliche, there's really high highs and really low lows. And that's just the reality of it. And you, you have to struggle through those lows and, for me, it's been, I've had an amazing support system. I have an amazing boyfriend who's been with me through the entire process of college outside. God bless his heart. And, <laughs> you know, to, to, to have that support is really huge. But yeah, it's it's just being persistent and, and having the belief in yourself and just getting through those hard days. Absolutely. Along the journey, what would you say has been one of your greatest fears and how do you manage it? To be honest, one of my greatest fears is that we will have like a big company come along and just decide that they want to do what we're doing. Right. And there's nothing I can do to really stop that. Unfortunately, like what if, what if that's my, if I'm being totally honest here, like that's my biggest fear is one day somebody calls me and says, Oh, you know, X, Y, or Z company decided to focus on what you're doing and they're able to put a couple million dollars into it, you know, and, and just really blow it out of the water immediately. And suddenly four years of work is, is gone. And that would really just be not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, it would. <laughs> that would be not great. And that's tough, you know, when you're talking to people about, yeah, comp- competition and whatnot. That's that's the biggest fear. And it's just 
hoping that if we just put our heads down and we work hard and we build a good thing and we have good relationships, um, that, that ultimately will win out. Did you, speaking of raising or pumping a ton of money into the industry, did you raise any money when you started this or did you completely bootstrap it? Yeah. So, um, it was completely bootstrapped for the first three years and, I did raise a very small round of seed funding about six months ago. Um, I needed to redo our website and, and retail site to be a little bit more modern. And it gave me the confidence to go forward with hiring our first employee and to get us to a really stable place. That was kind of a, that was an interesting process to go through. Definitely. I, I'd always wanted to, to just a bootstrap. So um, I had worked for two previous startups before one of them had raised a lot of money, but then ultimately ended up failing as a company. And then the second company I worked for was uh, totally bootstrapped and ended up being very successful. And so for me, the method and like theology that I went with was that slow and steady growth is the best way to go about it. You know, growing too fast, um, you don't get to work out all of the kinks and things really come back to bite you. So I always said, said if we couldn't make it work completely bootstrapped, then it wasn't going to work. Um, but um, I did get to a point when I did run some numbers and realized that, hey, with a little bit of help and with a, just a little bit of a boost, we can really help get us to the next level. And so that's kind of when I went out and raised a really small round from friends and family. And, uh, and, and that was really awesome um, just to kind of help us get to the next level. That's so exciting. So what would you say have been some of the biggest mistakes that you've made since you've started College Outside? Yeah, so I've got a story of an event of an event that we did that was probably like the biggest mistake as a company we ever made. So before the retail site, as I had maybe kind of mentioned, we did a couple of like get togethers and events with the outdoor programs that we worked with. And at first we were thinking that maybe College Outside would be like an events company. And this is what we would do. We'd just go and we'd have these great like leadership summits and symposiums and bring the students of these different outdoor programs together. And so we started having events in, in, in New Hampshire and we had a couple in Colorado and you're going to, we had a bunch of planned out and we even went so far as to like, you know, schedule the event spaces and bring on sponsors for the events and, we like really went really strong out of the gate in terms of from like a structural standpoint. And then uh, we had an event planned for Brooklyn um, in New York and the event completely fell through a couple days out. We had like no registrations for the events. Nobody was going to come. And we just had done a terrible job with promotion and getting the word out. And ultimately, we had just like overbooked ourselves. So we were focusing on these other events instead of this one. And a day before the event, I had to call all of our sponsors and say like, hey, you gave us like money and support for this event that we had promised you was going to be amazing. And you trusted us and the event didn't happen. And that was like the worst experience ever because, you know, you're, you're so, you, you have to have so much confidence when you're pitching these things. And then, and you just kind of, at a certain point, you're hoping that they work. And then this is a time when it just didn't. And it was like tail between my legs, like going to these companies. And, um, and luckily they were just like really understanding and we were able to kind of work through it and, and focus on another, you know, a, a future event. But, Ultimately, that was just just a terrible thing. 
Oh, I, I, I can totally imagine <laughs> the stress that you were probably undergoing during that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's when I realized like, Hey, I think that maybe events isn't a great business strategy (laughs) (laughs) because it takes the same amount of effort to do, you know, like you can't really use economies of scale to, to leverage events. It takes the same amount of time to set it up and the same amount of man hours to make the event happen. So we, we do, we've cut back and we now do one main leadership event per semester, uh, as an opportunity for the leaders to come together from across the country and, and meet up and and have an awesome kind of Knowles leadership training style weekends together. And that's awesome. And for us, it's very manageable. And, and that's kind of where we're at for now. And, and instead, we kind of pump our energy into supporting the programs and events that happen on campus. So, you know, providing raffle items or swag or support to the events that these clubs themselves are putting on. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You bring up that point, and it's been something I've been grappling with, or uh, myself and my my partners have been grappling with, the idea of like trying to incorporate some sort of events or more community-based mm. things. And it's difficult because they are so time-consuming. Totally. So it's like really difficult to figure out, like, okay, what's a good balance? How do we set this up? How do we... How do we do it so that, like you said, you don't neglect it because you're juggling 10 other things at the same time and then you have this, you know, last minute, oh shit, <laughs> like, this isn't going to happen <laughs> moment. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's the, the conundrum of like, do you do a lot of things not very well or do you focus on one thing and do it really well? And that has been like a huge learning thing for me. Like originally with College Outside, you know, you have big plans. We're going to do events and we're going to have this publication and we're also going to do this retail site. And I think, you know, at a certain point, somebody was like, it sounds like you're running like five different companies or your idea is like five different companies. And I'm like, hmm, you're probably right. That sounds like a terrible idea. So, you know, you got kind of trimmed down, trimmed off the fat and, and focused on just like the retail. And then as that grew and as it stabilized, then we were able to focus on, you know, now we have an awesome team of student writers who contribute content to college outside and giving that student perspective and advice and education and gear reviews, you know, for other programs. And that's been a really cool offshoot, but that only worked because we were able to like stabilize the base, you know, and, uh, and yeah, I, we get requests to do these intercollegiate events, uh, in different regions, but, um, maybe in a year or two when again, we kind of are feeling more comfortable and can are ready to take on the next thing. Oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. That is, when we first started Ready Yeti, we were like, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, and that, and then we got like four or five months into it, and I was just like, yeah, okay, scrap that. Let's start with uh, <laughs> just this, get really good at it, and then we'll branch out into other things once you know <laughs> that's proving that it's working. <laughs> exactly. Um, so this leads right into my next question: of what advice would you give to someone that wanted to start their own business? Uh, whether it's just a business in general or one catering towards the outdoors? This is a tough one because, you know, I've heard a lot of responses to this and I I really do hate sounding cliche here. Um, My advice is don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. Find, find another company that you're really psyched on and put your, put all your effort into that. That would be a really smart idea. That's, that's what I would say. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> well, no, no, it's just, it's just. Um, I think, I think there's, it's really good to go out and get experience. Um, I think for me, one thing that really helped 
with College Outside Success is I went and I worked for the Access Fund and I worked for the American Alpine Club and I and I spent time, you know, working with the Black Diamond team. And so for, for me, I, it was really important to get a really strong hold in the industry and to build those relationships. It's so hard coming in um, totally new and fresh, knowing nobody in any industry, outdoor industry or otherwise. So I think there is a lot of value in getting a lay of the land. And the advantage to that also is so that, you know, when you do finally come up with an idea, you can be really confident that it does fill a need and it, and it fills a hole and that you're not just recreating the wheel. That's super important, right? Like the last thing you went, like we just talked about, my biggest fear is kind of putting all this time into it and then it exists elsewhere, right? And then, and then, what we're doing just doesn't really serve a purpose or is just repetitive. What you want to do is make sure that what you're doing like actually is helpful. And I think that understanding the industry you're going to be in having, having gotten familiar with it is, I think that provides, um, unparalleled help. You know, that is incredible advice <laughs> thinking about it for myself. Cause I've literally had this internal conflict. Cause like when I started, when my partner and I started ready Yeti, we started our first company when we were in college and mm. like we have had other jobs but none of them like worked in a ski shop I've had lived I've worked in the corporate world mm. and like none of it was directly related to what I'm doing now with Ready Eddie and mm. like specifically with the membership program that we're building right now I'm like man how awesome would it have been if I worked for some company that has done this before and I could have just you know watched what they do or been immersed in their processes for like a year or two right. fully grasped it and then took it to what I'm doing now like if I could just pause everything I'm doing right now go work for a company that does something similar take all those ideas come back and then just <laughs> implement it instead of just fumbling my way through it <laughs> you know what I mean yeah I mean yeah I one great example for me is like I'd never worked in retail before and I was like, oh, let's run a retail site. This is a great idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I, like the amount, because you, you end up spending so much time asking questions about like really basic retail structure and pricing and like wholesale and, you know, things like that, that like if I had just spent like any time working at any retail shop anywhere, it would have been very obvious. So yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, you know, experience is super important. I mean, I, I'm all for to like, going for it and just like having a wild idea and just like committing to it. I think that's huge. Um, but man, is it just save a lot of time and effort if you just like knew a little bit at first. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so where do you see college outside going in the next year, five years, and even 10 years down the road, if you've thought about it? Yeah, absolutely. So in the future, I just, for us, it's again, this kind of consistent and slow and steady growth. So I don't see any like major like surprises, but I do see us working towards being the main and primary channel and connector, um, to these outdoor programs. We'd lo love to work with every university in the country. Um, any school that has an outdoor program, hopefully in the future, if they're hoping to start an outdoor program, we'd love to be able to provide those support and resources ultimately to just create a space for more students to get introduced to the outdoors. That would be amazing. Um, we want to work with all of, you know, the major companies in the outdoor industry, and then maybe we'll even expand outside the outdoor industry and provide support to other groups as well. That's exciting stuff. I bet you are 
I'm excited for you <laughs> for all the <laughs> things so. that you guys are gonna do. Um, what's the best part about running college outside? Oh, the best part about running college outside is all the students that we work with. They're just awesome. I love, I get to talk with them every single day um, from these programs. And these are students who are just like experiencing what it means to like be an outdoorsman and to get outside. And that just gets me stoked every single day to be able to talk climbing and rafting and surfing every day with these students um, who are just super motivated and super psyched is absolutely the best. Yeah, the connection, it really, it's so important and it makes you feel so good. Just like, just the idea of being able to meet like-minded people and help them, it's it's definitely a, a such a great, great aspect of being able to build your own business. Um, so for anyone that's listening that might want to keep tabs on what you're doing or maybe they attend a university that you're not at and want to try and get you guys in their program, what's the best way for them to keep tabs on you, reach out and all that? Yeah, well, you can go to our website, collegeoutside.com, which we are redoing in the next month or two. You'll see a brand new website, which is really pretty. Um, or you can email me at sarah at collegeoutside.com. That's Sarah with an H. Or follow us on Instagram because our Instagram is pretty awesome. We do a lot of takeovers with the outdoor programs that we work with. So if you're interested in what the student groups that we work with, what they're doing and what they're into and how great they are, our Instagram is definitely the spot for you. Awesome. Well, Sarah, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. It was really, uh, it was really fun getting to know um, College Outside and hearing your entire journey. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Ready Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.